When you walk into HMP Warren Hill in Suffolk, it hits you straight away. This prison is imbued with a culture of hope. I spent two days there last February, training to become a mentor to prisoners approaching the end of very long sentences. It's called the Vesti Project and it's run by Your Own Place. So in this podcast, we hear from Rebecca White, who's the founding director of Your Own Place, and her mentee, who really kindly spoke to me on the phone. And he was so clear about what it takes to find your feet again on the outside after 27 years in prison. We also hear from Judy Dow, another Vesti mentor, who's head of philanthropy at the Norfolk Community Foundation. The music was recorded by residents of the prison with Britain Peers Arts in 2019. Now they go into the prison regularly and run workshops leading up to a biannual concert. They're one of the many organisations that are welcomed by the prison in this extraordinary enabling environment that they have at HMP Warren Hill. He started by saying, I don't know why you're here. I'm not worth any of this. You don't know what I've done, and I can't have any contact with you if you don't know what I've done. When you're in prison, you can't be yourself. You've got to be, you've got to put another face on. Very rarely do you actually get somebody sitting down with you with a civil conversation. Please thank you and talking about general topics other than prison, prison, prison. It's funny how it comes around, one minute you're up. I can't describe the difference it's made to me. I, I've, I, I thought it would have some impact on me, but I was blown away by the depth of that impact and the depth of feeling that I felt for not only my mentee, but for all the other people who were about to step onto the outside again. I'm feeling fine. If it helps anybody in any way, shape or form to have the kind of support I had from Rebecca when I had nothing and I'm still out two years later and I'm still in touch with Rebecca even though it's finished a year ago but I can still reach out to her now talk about something or nothing and she's always been there to give me her opinion or her advice. It's just having that person to talk to, having that nudge, having someone, even to whinge at. I asked him a couple of weeks ago, he was very, very low. He's been burgled, so having built everything up, everything was stolen. And I just sort of let him whinge. I let him find every negative reason why every one of my suggestions was pointless. And so when he was on a more even keel, I said to him, so when you're just having a whinge, what should I say to you? And he said, you should just tell me to sod off, Rebecca. I said, okay, well, we had a good laugh about it. I said, well, of course I'm not going to do that, because I would be very empathic or very understanding. But what he articulated was just just having someone to offload, who he could feel was nodding at the other end of the phone, and then would make a few jokes, and then would send some silly emojis or a picture of a walk at the weekend, and then he could send a picture of his spag bowl to. I know that sounds infinitesimal, but, but... I will, you know, go to my grave knowing that made some difference. And that's just my experience that I can talk about because it, I'm the mentor in that case. But I know there are other mentors that are having that impact on mentees. And he knows he can't hassle me. He knows he can't call me at two in the morning because he doesn't need to. He's a grown-up. 
mm. um, who's emergency, he doesn't need me. And those boundaries were set down from day one and he is utterly respectful. So if he needs me, I'm here. If he doesn't, great, that means things are going well. She's what I call my safety net. It keeps me on a level where I wouldn't go below that where I feel uncomfortable or acting out the character or flying off in one and doing something mad and then end up in jail. So if I was pissed off or annoyed or happy, I'd give her a text or I'd give her a call. She, she was the only person I had, other than probation. Do you know what I mean? She was the only one that was constantly where well, I could actually pick it up and text and see any chance for a chat. You make me feel so, so good. Hear me now. I hear you. I got something I'd like to say. I got joy so My mentee remembers everything I ever said to him. And when he told me that after about three months, I was absolutely beside myself. What on earth have I said? Because he'd remembered the detail down to the last word and did keep thinking over and over again over everything that I said. You, you said about smiling. I've noticed when I do that, people react differently to me. And it's changed the way he talked to people, which was so positive because he did have an extremely glum expression a lot of the time. He was, he was very depressed. And the other thing he remembers, and I'm, I'm very visual, I do a lot of hand movements and I sort of, and he said, you keep telling me to turn the spotlight, turn the spotlight, because he kept going backwards over what he had done and the effect it had had on the people that he loved. And I kept saying, turn the spotlight to what you're going to do because that's the only bit you can control now. You can't do anything about what's gone on behind, behind. Turn the spotlight. And he used to say to me, I'm turning the spotlight, Judy. I'm turning it. So that, that obviously stuck in his mind. If you ask my, uh, my life officer, I was a nightmare. I had a, a lot of things cooking on the gas, but I had no bloody pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I, I, was, I was like... I was in or I was out. Anyway, when they turned down and said, listen, I'm warning you, we allow you to take control. We allow you to take responsibility for your future. I was only at warning in nine months before I got my parole. Within that nine months, my personal officer, he went from putting you back on the bus to, yes, I will agree to his freedom. Because I did the legwork. I was always in the library. I was always asking the personal officer to get on the website, look at this, look at that, look at the other, get me this document, get me that document. I resourced the hell out of it. What changed? You know, you come in and you're trouble, suddenly you're a, an angel. <laughs> because a lot of prisoners, they get up, when they're told, they go to bed when they're told, they go to work when they're told, they eat when they're told. Before long, they don't do nothing unless somebody does it for them. They need to take control. If they want to me a free life, they want to be outside in the free world, they've got to work for it, they've got to fight for it.
So it was it was invaluable, and it really did make me reflect on on how I behave, and how I perhaps prejudge people when I meet them. I try really hard. I'm very conscious about that now, more conscious than ever. It shouldn't matter where you're from or what you did. You've got to look at how the person behaves around you, how the person is with you. And it's all about how you come across. If I start screaming and shouting and swearing and stuff like this, that ain't going to help you. That's not going to get me to help me. A lot of prisoners, they think screaming and shouting at somebody can get them what they want. Outside, it doesn't work like that. I, I, I like talking to people. Do you know what I mean? I like meeting people. Now, mm. didn't used to because I was in prison. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, was, I had to have this bad boy face on. Do you know what I mean? Going on with attitude. When, when you speak to your next, your client next, just tell him he needs, from me personally to him, even though I don't know, work on your social skills. Open the door for a lady officer. Say hello. Say good morning. Even if people are standing next to him going to take the piss out or think he's a grass because he's talking to people and this, that and other, get away from the culture of them blinkers where it's wrong to talk to a prison officer. Work yeah. on his social skills because his social skills is going to help him get where he needs to be. Tenacity. I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of not having enough courage in order to apply to any particular situation for me to achieve what I know to be success. Tenacity. We talked about all sorts of things, birds of prey being a particular passion. Um, and on one occasion, he said, oh, I've got a surprise for you. And obviously that's an unusual thing to say when there's a <laughs> you're in a prison environment. Um, but the door opened and in came one of his fellow inmates with this beautiful peregrine falcon on a, on a sleeve. And he'd arranged for this chap to come in so that I could handle the bird and stroke the bird. Absolutely amazing. And it was his way of saying, thank you. That still brings a bit of a lump to my throat because it was such a thoughtful thing to do through quite a difficult time. Well, the fact of it is, if people believe in rehabilitation, it shouldn't matter what background you're in. And I guess those calls to the, to this um, effectively a stranger, someone from another kind of walk of life, that's really good for your social skills, isn't it? Of course it is. Hmm. And it's a little bit of an ego boost as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you're important, aren't you? You're suddenly, you're important to that one person at that time on that call, you know. Yeah. At this, at this moment in time, right? You might be a porch bird and I'm an ex-con. I'm a rough diamond. <laughs> but at this, at this moment in time, I'm captured by what you see and you are likewise. So at this moment, we're not a posh bird and a rough diamond. Yeah. It's just two people who's actually getting on and having a conversation which may help us.
was released um, earlier this no, earlier in 2020. So he was released um, into lockdown, actually, which was um, very, very difficult. And uh, he'd phoned me and I kept in touch with him for the first three weeks. He'd said, but Judy, you'll never believe this. I'm out walking on the beach on my own. It's 6.30 in the morning. I'm so happy. I can't believe I'm outside and I'm never going back in. Um, and then within a week, I had no contact. Um, and unfortunately, I did hear that he had been recalled to prison. And I have had no contact with, with either him or anybody who can tell me anything about that. So I'm completely in the dark as to what happened. Um, but I hope that the time that we spent together that was a long time, it was over you know, nearly a year, I'm hoping that it's given him some sort of um, support for when his next parole comes up, which, which will happen. And I sort of, in the back of my mind, really hope that he will get into touch with me at some stage because I would love to know how his journey is continuing. In this world where people can get stabbed just for being in the wrong street, in my view, is wrong. Work together your brotherhood. All the time you're against each other, nobody ever wins. I hear you.